0: Finding enough people to get the work on the farm done. It's one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest roadblocks facing farming here in Washington State, probably elsewhere as well. But this is a major issue. It's probably, it's one of, if not the most important and first things that farmers mentioned to me as I travel Washington State uh, with my work with Save Family Farming and the Real Food, Real People podcast. Welcome back to the Farming Show here on your Saturday morning. I'm Dylan Honkoop on KGMI. glad you're here with us uh, to take a look at issues that affect farming uh, all over Washington State, um, including here in Whatcom and Skagit Counties. So I know this is a major issue. There's no getting around it. But I want to share with you this morning kind of a little journey that I went on. It was eye-opening. As far as, it's interesting, eye-opening to me just how, well, I want to say willfully blind some of our leaders and, and state officials and others are to the reality of this. And I'll explain how I know it's got to be willful as I, I lay this all out for you this morning. You know, we've talked about it a lot here on the show. Labor is a big issue. You know, overtime uh, and what that's meant for farming and what how that's actually ended up harming farm workers. We've talked about that. We've talked a lot about controversy surrounding the H-2A guest worker program, the federal program to bring folks in from other countries to help get farm work done. And the big issue underpinning the rapid increase in utilization of that program, which its critics often call out and say, well, it must be terrible based on their long laundry list of false narratives and accusations about the program. But we can get into that here. But they, they say, you know... Um, there's there must be a problem here. Why, why is this program being so heavily used when, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the number of guest workers coming in for farming in Washington was, you know, in what, 2,000, 5,000, something like that. Now it's, I want to say north of 30,000. I should have had the numbers in front of me for this. But it's something like, oh, along those lines. Obviously, that is because Farmers cannot find the people that they need to get the work done, to bring the harvest in. We're growing food here in Washington State. Growing food takes a lot of work from the farmer, the farm worker, everybody in the system, the processing plant, wherever they're putting stuff into boxes or freezing it or whatever they might be doing, trucking, you know, warehousing, and then getting it onto the store shelves However, that process—it is from start to finish—it takes a a lot of work to get food to you, and it's not something that we can skip because we all need to eat, right? So, again, from you know that vantage point, it's pretty clear that that's what's going on here. But when that's used as, if you want to say, proof of a labor shortage. Some in the very skeptical, and I would say outright cynical, if not conspiracy theorist camp, who are opposed to the H-2A guest worker program, they, they balk at that. They say, okay, well, you're, you're using circular logic because you're saying that um, the H-2A guest worker program, the, the use of that program here in Washington state is exploding because there's not enough workers and yet you are trying to justify its use by the fact that it's being used that much. Does that really prove that there's a worker shortage? Now, there are plenty of numbers that do. But I wanted to address the skeptics because it seemed to me to be so clear, so obvious that this false narrative that particularly Familias Unidas por la justicia. And the organization uh, based in be- they're based down in Skagit County. They they claim to be a farm worker, uh, un- independent farm worker union. They really, uh, I guess, as independent, they from what I understand legally, they aren't even technically a union like you might think of. You know, they AFL CIO kind of all that stuff. But whatever. Okay, great. They have one union contract at Sakuma Brothers Farms and we've talked about that whole controversy multiple times in the past here on the show. So you know some of the background there. Those groups claim that there is no worker shortage in Washington state. That there are plenty of workers. But farms just don't pay enough, they mistreat people, and, and you know, the list goes on from there. Right up to farms murder people, which is literally what they said about Sarbanan Farms here in Whatcom County. Why? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Sarbanan Farms was, at that time, using the H-2A guest worker program. So they targeted them. They wanted to smear them because they hate that program because it makes it, in their minds at least, harder to expand their union. And they need to expand their union to pay their bills because the way union contracts work is the union gets a cut of every worker's paycheck and talk about a profit motive. They want to act like only farmers have a profit motive. They have a profit motive. And it's not necessarily for, for good things. But anyway, I digress. So these groups claim there is no worker shortage and I wanted to, to get some information to show once and for all, we, we, we have to put this to rest. There's just no way around it. It seems so obviously clear to not just me, but most people engaged in agriculture in Washington state. So I thought, well, and and really this came about, I don't recall if I talked about it here on the program, but a a couple of months ago, I was invited to take part in a a forum in Seattle. It was with the author of a book about the unlikely um, positive relationship between farm workers from Mexico, most of them undocumented, and dairy farmers in Wisconsin. It was was a really cool book, actually. And it wasn't, uh, you know, whitewashing anything as far as, you know, it just told the truth. The struggles, the good, the bad, what people are doing well, what they weren't. But it brought forward in a very credible real way the fact that farmers, farm workers need each other, actually appreciate each other. Yes, bad things have happened, but those challenges aren't insurmountable and there's so much more good there than there is bad, unlike some agitators and activists, including the ones we just named, as well as many others, would like to have you believe. So I was on this panel, and the other person on the, one of the other people on the panel, technically, actually, I guess two other people on the panel with me were from Familias Unidas por la Justicia. The one who had the most to say was a, a man by the name of Edgar Franks, and you may have heard his name in the news. And he's apparently, I want to say, the political director at Familias Unidas por la Justicia. He's been very outspoken as an activist on these issues for a long time. He said, amongst many other things, he said a lot of false things about farming, he said some really nasty things about farming. He said some really nasty things about me personally. And uh, the list, you know, of, of issues there and concerns I have could go on for some time, but we don't need to get into all of that. But back when, you know, a few several years ago, when their activism really ramped up and they were making headlines, you know, calling farms evil, saying Sarbanand. Uh, is guilty of corporate murder because of a a worker that tragically passed away there for reasons entirely unrelated to the farm, trying to conflate that, trying to create a a fiasco if they could stir it up at, at Sakuma brothers farms. When, if you know the actual facts there, it was not at all how they, these groups portrayed it. So they've been trying to do this. And one of their fundamental arguments has been there is no worker shortage which again, to folks engaged in agriculture, whether they agree with these folks politically or on any level or not, that claim in and of itself to people who really know is laughable. But the general public, how would they know that that's laughable? I mean, they aren't in farming, and I wouldn't expect them to know just how bad things are with trying to get just get enough people to get the work done. So, over the past couple of years... I had gotten the sense these groups who I I watch very closely because I do not appreciate when they share information that is false. And I am very quick to call that out and point that out because I think the truth is important and I'm concerned about their motives and what they're ultimately trying to do and their anti-farming stance at Familias Unidas and and, uh, community to community. I wish they wouldn't take that stance and I think we could all work together for a, a better future. If they weren't so bent on it, you know, attacking and saying false things. But anyway, I, I had observed what I thought was them backing away from that argument a little bit. I mean, with the pandemic, everybody was short on workers, right? Remember how bad it was there? I mean, you could get a job anywhere just by walking through the door. Now that has changed somewhat, certainly. But I think there's a whole lot more societal awareness here in our country about the need for workers and labor than there was four or five years ago, right? So I thought it may be pretty tough for them to continue to spin this entirely false narrative that there is no worker shortage. Well, turns out I was wrong because I was on this panel in Seattle with Edgar Franks with Familias Unidas por la Justicia And that was one of the first things he said when it came to be his turn to talk. It wasn't a debate, so I couldn't, you know, I didn't feel right about fully taking that on head on. I did certainly share that that was not at all my experience or the experience of the many, many people all over the state that I've spoken with. But there he said it. He believes there really isn't a worker shortage in Washington State. And not only is there not a worker shortage, and he claims he knows lots of people who are looking for work and can't find work in farming. It, that's a total head scratcher to me. Either you aren't qualified, significantly un- underqualified for the work, or you have some employment history issues or other things that are disqualifiers like uh, you know drug issues or who knows what. Other than that, nobody that I'm talking to in Washington state would turn down somebody who wants to come and apply for a job. There's work to be done. So much work to be done. So as he was saying this and making these claims, I thought we need to dig into this. What does the state have to say about this issue? And this is where it, it took a turn that I did not expect. This was after the forum, the weeks after that conversation. I thought, wow, they're still trying to make that claim. That's so easy to demonstrate as false. So I went to state authorities. I managed to, you know, through some different contacts and networking my way from one person to another, connect with the Washington State Employment Security Department. All right, this is, this is their wheelhouse, Employment, getting people's jobs and where jobs are needed. If anyone should know about this, it's them. And this is something that we from real experience in farming know is absolutely reality. It's one of the biggest things pushing farming out of this state is people not able to get workers. What was the employment security department able to tell me? Well, honestly, I, I did an interview with a an Employment Security Department regional economist. It was, it was an interview that was supposed to be for this program. And I suppose I could play it, but really, f- to make you listen to it would be a waste of your time. And I don't know if it was deliberate on her part. She sounded like a smart person. She didn't give me the vibe that she was trying to deceive me or cover anything up. But... She was not able to say in any way that there's a worker shortage in Washington State. Like, well, you know, there's some places where there's needs, other places where there's not. And and got way, way deep into the weeds on the, the data and the methodology and really came back to, well, it's really hard for us. to. I mean, we post, you know, uh, job availabilities on our website, but there aren't that many of them. But, you know, a lot of farmers don't use our website. So I guess there's no real way for us to know for sure. Are you kidding me? If, if you don't have the means to figure this significant issue here in Washington State out, one that's deeply affecting the future of one of our state's most important economies. I mean, there's aerospace, there's tech, and there's farming in Washington State. Those are the economic drivers here, whether you like it or not, Seattle folks. That's reality. And here we have a phenomenon that's deeply impacting one of these important sec- sectors of our economy in Washington, and they don't even know? They aren't even studying this in any coordinated way? Now, I asked this same person um, about the study or, or the numbers that, that their own department, Employment Security Department here in Washington State, had to produce... As far as the H-2A program itself, because they do, and there was a task force set up a couple of years ago. I think we talked about it on this show. There are people from the, the grower's side, from the farm worker side, from the state's side, um, dealing with issues around the H-2A guest worker program. They're supposed to be you know, giving additional state oversight to what's happening with this federal program here. And as part of that, they're supposed to produce the number of workers... Non-H2A workers, domestic, you know, people who live locally or, or somewhere in a, in a broad radius, um, you know, how, how many folks are available to work interested in, in taking one of these jobs that a, a farm is having to fill via H2A contracts? I mean, that's part of the requirement of participating in that program is you have to advertise as widely as you can to prove that you aren't. The intent is to not displace any worker that lives and wants to work here, and that makes sense. That's what farms do. And so, as part of that, they w- they wanted a report of how many people is that that that, that you know f- via the states and other advertising for job openings. How many people were out there? I believe in 2021 it was zero. And I'm pretty sure I don't have the capital Press. Don Jenkins has done a great job of covering this. The number in uh, 2022, last year, was, uh, I think, 11 people. Out of north of, I want to say, 30,000 positions that farms were trying to fill, they were able to stir up 11 people. So we know that number. Yet at the same time, when I asked this regional economist about it, she was unaware of that number. She was unable to talk about it. And she was unable to produce any other data about a worker shortage for agriculture here in Washington State. What's going on here? It gets more interesting um, from there. And, and I it, this concerns me. What's really happening at the state level, what I think could be willful blindness to a major issue. And I don't know why You know, if it is just negligence, laziness, or if there is a more um, sinister ulterior motive here. More coming up here on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. My journey to figure this out and trying to get, you know, some solid state data on this actually went further than what I just told you about in this, total failure of an interview and trying to get to the bottom of it when I talk with Employment Security Department. I'll tell you about that straight ahead as we continue here on KGOI, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and 790 AM. This is the Farming Show. Is there a shortage of workers in farming in Washington state? Well, if you ask just about anybody in farming, they would give you a resounding, yes, there is a huge shortage. It's a major difficulty for farming. It's broadly, overwhelmingly understood as one of the biggest challenges that farming faces here in Washington. Well, the biggest challenge is to keeping, you know, the growing of food continuing here. Literally, there are farms that are closing up here locally over in eastern Washington, selling out. And some of that food production, packing up and moving elsewhere where they don't have these same kinds of issues. And part of it is the cost of labor. But at some point, it's just being able to get enough folks to get the work done at all. Of course, people will argue that, well, you just need to pay more. Uh, a lot of, you know, studying of that idea and testing of that idea has proven it wrong. And th- that folks can't get anybody to come out sometimes or hardly anyone to fill positions at any price. I mean, The average pay that folks are making on farms in Washington state is about 20 bucks an hour. And it, and it keeps going on. I need to say, well, the minimum wage is a lot lower. Than, yeah. Guess what? People ain't making minimum wage because there's a, a labor shortage. Supply and demand. It, it happens in the labor market too. Labor it, workers are in short supply. Demand is high. That causes the price, the cost of it to go up. And we're hearing, you know, people working peace rate. A lot of folks making 25, 30, 35 bucks an hour. You know, it, it's So it's, it's costly. The worker shortage is real. It drives prices up, but it also leaves people sometimes where no matter what they pay, they can't get people to do the work. So this is reality. And it's not just me saying this. It's not just a few people that I've talked to. I have been all over Washington state, talked to farmers of all different shapes, sizes, you name it. And almost every single time this is near or at the top of their list of the biggest challenges they're facing to keep farming so this is this is very real but like i was talking about in the first half i wanted to hear what the state knows about it i mean the state employment security department should certainly be on this right this is a a very important sector to our state's economy growing food farming and that's what they do track labor needs, labor market, what's going on with it. And as I was sharing in the first half this morning, the regional economist with the Employment Security Department wasn't able to say that. I was like, "Wow, well, we don't really know for sure. And well, we have these numbers, but then we have those numbers and we have this methodology, but we have po- the, post this on our website, but we don't have access to that and we don't really know this. And it, it was an, an interview I recorded with the intention of airing it here for you folks to listen in on one of these pre-taped things and as i said in the first half i, I, I don't need to run it for you so it would be a waste of your time because we just talked around in circles for darn near 45 minutes so the state employment security department itself isn't tracking this issue of major importance here in washington state then what in the heck are they doing So then I thought, well, who can talk? And they they were kind of of the mindset, well, you know, it's farming and we don't really know. And, you know, and maybe we're necessarily the right people to talk to about these kinds of farms. Then who is? Well, what about the Washington State Department of Agriculture? And so that's where my journey continued because, and again, if you caught the first half, if you didn't, by the way, you can look it up and find it on our uh, SoundCloud page. I'll get that posted as soon as I can after the show is done. Hopefully, I don't forget to do that. Uh, but uh, soundcloud.com slash savefamilyfarming is where you can find um, all the episodes of this, all the segments that we do, all the interviews, conversations, things we talk about here on The Farming Show on KGMI. Did I mention that, by the way, that I'm Dylan Honkoop? I don't remember if I said that at the beginning of, of this segment, but whatever. That's who I am. Anyway, this is, was the journey that I'm on to try to get to the bottom of this. Who officially is on top of this issue? So I went next. Oh, and, and I forgot to say, in, in the first half, I, I explained how I had been on a panel with uh, alongside of a few other people, including a well-known activist... With Familias Unidas por la Justicia, and he had formerly been involved with kind of a very connected organization to that community to community development, headed by Rosalinda Guillen in Bellingham. This guy's name was Edgar Franks. You may have heard of him. He's been very vocal, and he said a lot of false and sometimes very nasty things, accusations about farming and specific farmers here locally and all over Washington state. And that group continues to claim there is no labor shortage. The whole thing I just laid out for you, they deny it. They say there's no worker shortage. We know lots of people who uh, are looking for work in farming and can't find a job. I still have, no, again, head scratcher. I, I have no idea where. So after being on this panel and hearing that, I, I knew that, that that was their position a few years ago. I thought that they had maybe stepped back from, because it's so easy to see that that couldn't be true. But no, they're, they're sticking with that. So I thought, well, let's get to the bottom of this. Again, Employment Security Department, useless, essentially. Why why aren't they tracking this issue? I think there are some huge questions there. Study it. Figure it out. This is important. So next, I went to the Washington State Department of Agriculture. And, you know, I talked with a, a gentleman there, great guy, knows a lot about this stuff. And he knows what I'm talking about. He says, yeah, it's, it's difficult to talk about, but um, that maybe could be something that I could do. But... You got to, he's like, I'm just trying to follow process. You you need to talk with our communications department first before we could, you know, go on air and and talk about this issue. Okay, here we go. I'll play the game. And nothing against him at all. He's a great guy. But immediately it was antagonistic then when when I reached out to and heard back from the communications department of the Washington state department of agriculture. It was, well, you know, we, we can't talk about hearsay. Um, and, and we're, we're just an enforcement agency at at the Washington state department of agriculture. So, you know, worker shortage isn't really anything that we can talk about and anything that we would, would just be someone's opinion. And we don't do that. We only talk about the facts. On a variety of levels, give me a break. Number one, the Washington State Department of Agriculture is, and, and I told this person directly on the phone, I, I interrupted her and said, WSDA is not just a regulatory agency. You know that with your job. And she said, okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, there are other things. Yeah, they have a responsibility to look out for the well-being and the future of agriculture and growing food here in Washington state, uh, you know, being involved in uh, regulatory work enforcement is part of what they do there. But she said, well, we just can't talk about opinion. Think about the opinion statements that have come from countless other sources in other parts of the Jay Inslee administration in Olympia and things that are demonstrably either unsupportable or outright false not just opinion, one way or the other, and that's who these folks' boss is, is, Jay Inslee. The Washington State Department of Agriculture is a part of the Jay Inslee administration, and suddenly we want to talk about the worker shortage, and they can't say anything—just the facts—and we don't really have the facts. She told me, I, she told me I should go to the State Employment Security Department. I said I've already been there; they couldn't tell me anything either. Well give me some sample questions. Email the sample questions of what you might want to talk about in the interview, and we'll see. So I did. I complied. Wrote out an email with the same kind of questions that I ask guests on these kinds of things here on the show. Sent it off to them. Heard nothing, heard nothing, heard nothing. Finally got an email back that was basically... uh, Um, yeah, so, yeah, about that, yeah, sorry. You know, we can't talk about anything that might be someone's opinion, and and we can only talk about facts. So maybe you can find somebody in a different department somewhere. Maybe you should go to the Employment Security Department. I already went there. Um. But we can't do that at, at the Washington State Department of Ag. So, yeah, thanks, but no. Okay, so if the part of the Inslee administration that's supposed to be looking out for agriculture in Washington state cannot say a single thing about one of the most major, if not the most major, most important, most challenging thing for keeping farming in Washington state, then what in the world are they there for? Now, I know there's other things that they do. And a lot of good people actually involved with the State Department of Agriculture. So I'm not Blaming all of them. But as a department at the highest level, what's what's going on here? And what's going on with their communications department that doesn't want them to talk about it? Why? Why? Maybe they're worried about getting blowback from Familias Unidas por la Justicia, who has been very vocal in Olympia and likes to host protests and call people out and say terrible, nasty things about them, not just... In farming, but in Olympia, they could be scared and not knowing that this is one of the points that this group seizes on falsely claiming that there is no worker shortage in farming. And maybe they just are trying to avoid it at all costs because they don't want to get the blowback when they're forced to say what the obvious fact is that there is a major worker shortage. Anyway, these groups, and this is the farming show, by the way, as we continue here on your Saturday, I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming these groups continue to make this claim. There is no worker shortage. Why do they not want there to be a worker shortage? Because they want to say that we should not be using the H-2A guest worker program. Why don't they want the H-2A guest worker program? Because the H-2A guest worker program makes it much more difficult for them to grow their union. It's much more difficult to unionize guest workers who come from another country and then go back home. I think there may also be the faulty belief that if this worker shortage, which they certainly should know about, even though they publicly deny it, if this is exacerbated to such a painful level, then farmers will be forced to accept the demands of the unions, which can be rather ludicrous at times. We've talked about that on the program before as well. That's what the motive is here. And what's fascinating to me is that to defend this idea of the worker shortage, or or, sorry, defend this false claim that there is no worker shortage, what I should have said, Familias Unidas por la Justicia, they attack this H-2A program. They call it exploitative, uh, tantamount to slavery. It's awful. People are forced to live in squalor, in terrible working conditions, Subject to abuse by supervisors, it's it's today. If you talk with those folks, it's the worst thing ever. Talk with actual folks involved in the program; almost everybody loves it. There have been a couple bad instances out there, but that's a tiny fraction of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who love this opportunity are earning life changing money. Folks that I know and have had here on the show and on my podcast talk about entire communities in Mexico changing, developing, growing because of the opportunity for these workers who are able to come here from there and other countries to make some money and go back home and support their families. It's also keeping farming happening here in Washington State, even though it's very difficult for farmers here to manage the program. It's expensive. It's a last resort. But it makes it possible in many, not all cases, for farmers to keep operating when they can't find workers any other way. Yet these groups, again, for the ulterior motives that I just outlined, want to see that program go away because it stands in the way of their socialistic, and that's not an exaggeration, that is what they say in their own mission statement, etc. They oppose capitalism. This is a socialistic movement to overthrow our current system, and unions are their answer to everything. And we know the ulterior motive is, well, unions to pay their bills, pay their staff. These same people that are spinning these false narratives, they need money and they need people to be unionized. So they have created this essentially a massive conspiracy theory that, and literally this is what Edgar Frank said in the the forum I I was on with him, that folks in the H-2A guest worker program, because they know that if they speak out about any, you know, challenge in the workplace. Maybe somebody isn't behaving well. They'll get sent back to Mexico or whatever their home country is. And so they don't say anything. Has this happened? Yes. Is this the rule, not the exception? Absolutely not. And I know that from talking with an awful lot of of folks involved in this program. Yet he's trying to say that because people won't speak out, Almost all the time, this program is used to deeply underpay people. And that, yes, even though the program stipulates a minimum wage, an adverse effect wage rate for the program well above, and here in Washington State, $2 above minimum wage, and people are actually making it well above. He says, no, that, that's all just a cover. That's a lie. They're actually being underpaid. They just aren't reporting the fact that they're being underpaid. Well, he, he was claiming less than minimum wage, Washington state minimum wage. So apparently most or all farms using this program are breaking the law, underpaying people, doing all these horrible things to them. Yet for some reason, people still clamor to come back here year after year. The same folks saying, Hey, this was great. I can make a bunch of money and go back home and like build a house or buy a car, send my kid to school. No, in their worldview, again with their ulterior motives against this program because it stands in the way of their political goals. They've spun this this conspiracy theory that apparently all farms are in on it and they're all hiding this that they that f- they actually say that farms want to use this program because it's cheaper for them than to hire local workers. That's laughable. Again they're and if you have can follow the numbers of what the program actually requires. There's just no way. But again, their way around that is to say, well, that's all a cover. They're not. People are not actually being paid that much. They're not actually being put in good housing. They're, they're just covering it up, and they aren't complaining because they don't want to get in trouble, which really you could say for just about any job. It's like, oh, any job. Should you complain? Well, you could get in trouble. Of course, their argument is, well, if you're in a union, the union will protect you. But any workplace that you're in and that's not unionized, you're not safe, and you can't speak out. Also, not true. But now apparently, for this to all this conspiracy theory, they have to be true. Even the state would have to be in on it because they're the ones approving these H-2A contracts saying, yes, you've done the best you could to try to find workers and you haven't found any. So you may bring in guest workers because there are no domestic workers. So in their worldview... It is a conspiracy between farmers, apparently the state of Washington, and others to cover up this whole thing so workers can be manipulated and abused and underpaid. It's when you start to think about farmers can, farmers are independent folks. They can hardly agree on anything from one farm to the other, and some things certainly. But for them to all somehow coordinate covertly to create this huge cover up, and for the state, who's never, buddy, buddy with a farming community, to be in on this as well, it's absolutely ludicrous. And it needs to be called out. And I'm very disappointed that the state couldn't speak to this in an official way at all, because this is a major issue in agriculture. I'm going to continue to follow this. I want to get to the bottom of this. So there it is, my journey in digging into this issue. And it seems like the farther you dig, the more you find, or in this case, don't find, other than more questions and concerns. This is The Farming Show. Thanks for being with me on this Saturday morning. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Again, I'm with Save Family Farming, savefamilyfarming.org if you want to check out our website.